Hi, I'm Martin, and welcome to Upgrade Your Day, the podcast. There was not this pressure of someone breathing down your neck and making you feel scared that you were going to sing a wrong note or, gosh, I remember I'd be like, oh, I can't sing that song tonight. There's too many high notes. I had too many vodkas <laughs> last night. You know, should go, all right, babe. You know, yeah, we'll cut it. It's fine. You wouldn't be able to do that in Les Mis in the West End, would you? Oh, no. You imagine, I'm not going to sing I Dream to Dream tonight because that last note is going to kill me. I was absolutely trolled last night. Can we cut it? <laughs> yeah, gosh, can, babes. Cut it. It's fine. <laughs> On too many Mulberry Lights last night. <laughs> Today, I am talking to Hannah Loveday from Loveday Wellbeing. Hannah is a dear friend of mine. I've known her now for 20 years. We met in 2002 working in Rethanon in Crete. We worked for Greco Hotel. We were performers in the hotel show every night. I was a singer, questionable, and Hannah was a singer-dancer. We got on and we've remained friends ever since and we're both now doing what we're doing and it's brilliant that I got a chance to talk to her today. I think you're going to really enjoy this chat. We discuss everything, even a few things we got up to 20 years ago back on the island of Crete. And we, we talk about our journey ever since. So this is Hannah Loveday. Enjoy. I am joined by the lovely Hannah Loveday, who is a very dear friend of mine. And I mean, it must be, what is it? 20, oh, 20 years ago we met, babe. Oh, I feel old now. I feel very old. It's a long time. My goodness. I know. And in the intro, I'll explain how we met and everything. Um, but obviously, we were working in Crete. We were singer, dancers, entertainers, drunks. <laughs> Party people. Party people. I mean, it was like a, a uni. It's like a year a, a gap year wasn't it really but mm. we were working it. i mean it was we were in our 20s and we had an amazing time whilst working doing what we loved and earning money absolutely it was just fantastic to be fulfilling our passions meeting amazing people out in the sunshine podium dancing you know <laughs> well you were podium dancing i think <laughs> In beautiful hotels. Yeah. And the freedom of it. You know, I think about getting on the back of the mopeds and then and getting to the, the backstage bit and then the freedom of just having all day on the beach and then yeah. a few rehearsals. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And even at the time, I mean, I remember being quite mindful about it. I remember thinking it's not always going to be like this to be able yeah. to perform for half an hour a night in five star hotels, like make the most of this because it's not mm. always going to be this cushy. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't feel like we had, you know, the pressure of authority. You know, we had the loveliest boss, didn't we? The one yeah. we had and the choreography and the, the routines and everything was there was not this pressure of someone breathing down your neck and making you feel scared that you were going to sing a wrong note or, gosh, I remember I'd be like, oh, I can't sing that song tonight. There's too many high notes. I had too many vodkas last night. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you should go, all right, babe. You know, yeah, was- we'll cut it. It's fine. You wouldn't be able to do that in Les Mis in the West End, would you? Oh, no. Can you imagine, uh, I'm not going to sing I Dream to Dream tonight because that last note is going to kill me. I was absolutely trolled last night. Can we cut it? Yeah, gosh, you can, babes. Cut it. It's fine. On too many mobile lights last night. It was a great time, wasn't it? It really was. And so 20 years later, so we met doing that. And now we're both kind of just doing our wellness thing, which is bizarre, right? Does it surprise you or does it seem like it's a natural progression? 
Do you know what? It doesn't surprise me for either of us because I always felt, even as a child, that there was something, uh, you know, soulful or spiritual within me that I wasn't allowed to explore by my parents because it was very much a, we're a machine and then we die, we're atheists and that was it. And then luckily I had my wonderful father and his wife, Sue, my soul mama, I call her. Um, and she, you know, she led me onto that path because she allowed me to have those open conversations about spirituality and about what I wanted to believe in and about mindfulness. And she got me on the path to do my yoga qualification. And so she was really helping me to open all those doors. And my father was a, in the Brahma Kumaris group. And it was it was that nurturing and it was that kind of the environment to cultivate those kind of beliefs and ideas. And so it doesn't surprise me that I've gone from the extrovert, dancey, because a lot of that was, I think, a lot of performers... It's not the only reason, but a lot of the reason why, part of the reason why we kind of do that is the, is almost insecurities, isn't it? It's attention and it's that way, that outlet to maybe express yourself in a different way. And so on the stage, that's where I wasn't worried about my upbringing stuff or the, the, you know, the battles with my stepdad going on or whatever was happening at that time. But it was just that real freedom to just express. And then as I've got older and when I went to India, I kind of came away and thought, that extrovert stuff is not so much me anymore. I've loved it, but actually there's something else I want to go into, but it was still the movement and it was still the expression. And then that's why it led on to the yoga and the, um, and the mindfulness and the, the creativity with the workshops I do. And then with yourself, you've always had a presence about you. You've always had a deep kind of, I've always had a deep connection with you. And I think that a lot of people find that within the person you are when you're around you, it's always, we had so many discussions, didn't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're just not surface people. No, no. Nothing wrong with surface people. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that kind of, that depth that I think then can, you know. And also you sometimes you have to go through these things like your performing career to get somewhere else. You know, it's a journey. And without that, you wouldn't have got to this and with everything you've learned along the way as well. Um, yeah. Just say a little bit about India. So just explain what you did when you went to India and how that was. Yeah. So after years of the dancing and the singing and the traveling and after stage school, which was just wonderful. And it's only now that I realized how lucky I was to do all that. But I then had an injury and I um, had, I think I'd kind of fallen for somebody. So I didn't really want to travel anymore. And then I got a full-time job and I came out of the performing world probably a little bit too quickly and without trying as hard as I maybe could. But I went over to India because my sister was there. I decided I'd go out there for a year and did the whole finding myself um, and learnt meditation and yoga and was there for, I think about 10 months actually. And she wasn't there for a lot of it. She was traveling around the world and I was in her base in Gugaon, just outside Delhi. And, you know, it was a real experience of no devices, we had, a, I had my laptop in the evening stuff, but no phone. Um, I had a dear friend come out and stay with me for about seven weeks while I was out there. But it was, it was alone time and it was really dig deep time. And this could really help me. This could really, I was very emotional. You knew, knew what I was like when you first met me. I was very emotionally driven, very easily, you know, kind of knocked off my center, my emotional center. And that was, it was just the best experience to hone in on what I needed really, mentally and physically. And so from that, obviously you taught yoga and you still teach yoga now. And how have you moved into mindfulness? So just tell us a little bit about that and how that's worked. And also about your own business, you know, with um, your Love Day Wellbeing. 
yeah, so I came while I was in India. I thought this is a no brainer. I still want the movement stuff. And I struggled a lot with my immune system and uh, kind of ME, chronic fatigue. And I think it was a lot to do with stress and not being able to deal with stress. And um, yoga was great for your health, great for your body. Still wanted to look good. And, you know, the dancers were still in me. Um, and I thought, come back and do my UK qualification. Um, and then I went to Thailand to finish off my UK qualification because I could do it online, but just gaining the hours in a, in a studio. So I went to one of the best yoga studios, Yoga Elements in Bangkok then, followed Esther again, where she was working. And um, yeah, got my qualification and then came back and started Yoga Love Day. And then after a while, I thought, mm, this isn't going to pay a lot. I had a child and I branched out and I, I, I started to uh, work in a college and they put me through training with mental health. Um, I went on to do some mindfulness training. I then went on to do my level five BTEC in education and training. So learning how to facilitate, facilitate and how to present and how to um, create workshops. I'm going to hone in on the place that really needs this stuff. And that is the highly high intensity, high pressured environment which was the corporate world. And of course, they were just opening up to it. Well, not just opening up to it. They've been, I think in the last decade, a lot of companies have realized they have a responsibility to their employees, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. thousands, you know, billions, I think it's billions, billions, it's in the billions of pounds away are lost because of mental health problems, that it's completely unnecessary. And if people are just supported within their workplace, the place we spend most of our lives, it's not, it's, it's you know, it's, it's not, as I say, necessary people to, to lose out on their jobs. People shouldn't be fired. Um, People should be supported. And so I created about, I think I've got 14 different workshops now. The thing is also, when you think about it, we spend eight hours. Sometimes people spend 12 hours a day at work. And it is the time when you're most pressured. I mean, I see my husband work from home, obviously during COVID. And I, I sort of see how he manages those meetings and how sort of stressed he gets in his own sort of way. He's fine, but the day is quite manic. And that's the time when you really need to be careful of people's mental health. And it's so important, I think, for for bosses and employees to look after that whole mindful situation. I think it's really important, mm. which is why what you do is brilliant. And it'll only just get better and better when companies start finding money to pay people like you to come in and look after their employees, which in turn, they'll look after their work, you know. Exactly. A business is like a living and breathing organism, isn't it? And, and the, the staff, the employees are like the cells and the tissues. And if they're not working in harmony and they're not thriving and they're not happy and balanced, the business is going to suffer. But if they are working in harmony and you've got happy, healthy staff, then the business will thrive. And I think companies have a budget for this now. I think, it, and especially in the city, it's kind of like, well, you don't have a well-being strategy. Yeah. What are you doing? You need to, and I think there's the companies that, it's mental health awareness week. Let's just put on a bit of yoga and bring some puppies in. And then there's companies that are like, no, this is like a feedback loop approach. We need to be integrating this stuff into their daily or weekly working lives because otherwise absenteeism, pres presenteeism, you know, being at work, but not really being able to do your job. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, one day we'll have a four, four day working week. Yeah. Same yeah. pay, four days, work hard, quality of life you feel valued, get the same work done, but have less time at work. I mean, 
Yeah. We used to have a six day week, didn't we? And it's gone it, down to five. So yeah, absolutely. And how is it for you going into businesses? How do you feel when you're going? Because I always, I mean, I've only done a little bit with regards to my rambles. So I've had people come to me and I've taken them out in nature and we've walked. Mm -hmm. And I think I did um, like Virgin Media and O2 and things. And it was sort of 30 employees. We all went for a big walk. We talked about mindfulness and it was a lovely environment, but I've not, gone into an office environment to teach them how's that for you because i can't help but feel people just be a little bit like oh here we go right come on then give me an hour i wish i was down the pub how is it how does that work for you well i'll touch upon the last experience i had which was two weeks ago in-house um with a company with a construction company so male orientated right real men's men Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to set this up for a while. And then it was perfect because it was Mental Health Awareness Week. And um, it's a friend's company, actually, a very close friend's company. We've been talking about getting this on. And he said, you know, some of them just aren't going to do it. Han. They're not going to do it. You know, they're, they're going to make any excuse. But I really want them to do it. I thought, how are they going to take this? But one guy had his eyes closed throughout the, the workshop, most of it. And then I kept going just to test him. I was like, I know that my voice is very relaxing. But uh, if you and then he'd be like, no, I'm listening to it. Or I'm just relaxing my eyelids. But they had this workshop, it was called Live More, Worry Less, all about the stress cycle, all about how to cultivate happiness and wholehearted living. And um, at the end, I blindfolded them all. It was all health and safety. It was all fine. All my risk assessment was done. But I got these little eye masks and we did some yoga at the end of the, the workshop. And at the end of the yoga session, I, I said to them, right, put these blindfolds on and we're just going to stand and we're just going to start shaking. And it was actually my brother that went to India and he had been in this shaking meditation. I remember he turned up with this, like in this ashram with this guru and he was the only person there and he had to do like a really long shaking meditation and really let it go and drums and all. And I just remember listening to it thinking, this is incredible because we don't complete our stress cycle. You know, stress has a beginning, middle and end, doesn't it? And the reason why there's so many health issues, mental and physical, is we're not completing that stress cycle enough. We're just living in that heightened state of anxiety. So I was explaining all that and I said, right, we're going to do a shaking blindfolded meditation. And they just looked at me like <laughs> yoga was bad enough for these guys, but they were like, and they got into it and I put on this really great bicep, like house music. And it was powerful. And everyone was just shaking different parts of their bodies. I was calling it out, but just really releasing that adrenaline and the cortisol and by the end of it, they were like, oh, my God, I'm really vibrating my body. <laughs> but my friend, you know, the feedback that came back, you know, even the ones that were so sceptical said, I'm really glad that she came in because it really, the tips on mindful working, you know, even there's some such simple things that you can do for stress management in the workplace, aren't they? Even like not having so many tabs open. Yeah. Allocating your time for looking at your emails rather than just popping up and the, the, the distracted mind always taking you off the focus so yeah they found value in it and but also you were making it accessible to everyone which is what upgrade your day what i'm all about putting music on and everyone's doing their thing it just opens it up that opens up that accessibility that you're not some weird guru who's just turned up and they're going to get everyone chanting and praying which is what some people think mindfulness is 100 and i think when you feel preached at and you feel like someone's standing there telling you they're perfect and if you don't do all of these things, you're never going to be mindful and present. Then it's like, what? You know, I love a glass of wine. I'll always love a glass of wine and a good dance. But I can also go and have a dance without a glass of wine. No, it's just, I think we have to be quite childlike and curious. And so something like the, the blindfolded my, um, 
meditation, shaking meditation shows you that we can open our minds to different things. Try new things. Move your body before you go to bed. Maybe sit and count your breaths just for five minutes. But you certainly haven't got to be a Buddhist all of a sudden or for an hour every day, sit with your legs tied up like a pretzel. Oh, yeah. There's all the misconceptions, aren't there, in meditation? And my, my worst thing, my mum said to me a couple of years ago, I'd love to try meditating, but I haven't sat cross-legged since I was at primary school. And I said, <gasps> and I said, mum, I was like, I was doing my course at the time, my mindfulness and compassion course. I was, um, I think uh, one of the universities has um, meditation every evening. I was joining that. I was like, I'm surrounded by hundreds of people a day. Nobody, and I, and I mean this, nobody was sat cross-legged i know people do it and i know why they do it and there's reasons for it but no one they're sat in chairs they're supported with cushions they've got blankets on their laps they're led down they're on bed and my mum was like oh i didn't realize i don't know how we break that kind of um imagery but i said mum listen just sit in a chair you can even meditate whilst you're making a cup of tea there's ways around everything there's ways yeah. to do it that's it i mean it's like the eating a raisin meditation isn't it the oldie but a goodie it's such a good one to say look all you're doing is honing in on singular focus. All you're doing is quieting your mind. If you want to look at your favorite houseplant for just two minutes, guess what? You've done a two minute meditation. You want to go for a walk and just connect to your breath and just look up rather than looking down on the concrete with a million things going around your head. That's a meditation. So the misconceptions really hold people back. I was the same. I got to India and thought, oh yeah, I'm really flexible. I can sit like this and, and you know, tie my legs up in a knot and try and sit here for an hour and it was like this is awful I'm not going to have to do this and then learning about it you realise that you can do so many different ways and yeah. you're saying that from a dancer's point of view as well as a dancer you, mm. you've learnt to move and exercise and stretch and put your bodies into very odd positions which I remember from 20 years ago in Crete after tequila so it's <laughs> you had to lift me a few times didn't you <laughs> yeah my back is still hurting from those lifts I know well, I, I mean patting on the pounds jump we used to think we were britney spears and justin timberlake most of the time the way you used to dance at some of those those great nightclubs we could move our bodies back then i could for sure oh, God, like, do you remember yes. that scissor lift in um, there was a nightclub and it had a scissor lift in and if people stood on the box, the guy behind the bar would press the green button and it would start rising up. And oh, you'd be about, so do you remember, you're five yeah. foot in the air dancing. Oh. And underneath it was this massive gap. I mean, why people, I don't know how people didn't die in that thing. It was ridiculous. And we used to, do you remember, you'd see, you'd see people just innocently having a nice time and then he'd press the button and they'd be five foot in the air clinging on to dear life. And you'd be like, oh no. Of course, us being who we are, we're like, press the button, we're on it. Press the button. Come on, Come on we want to dance, we want to dance. Oh God! I think that's the thing. So even someone like yourself that has that background is, you know, even still questions whether you can move with regards to how people teach. And I think that's important for people to hear that. You know, it's mm. there's levels for everyone, isn't there? I think that's what's really important about yoga and mindfulness. Yeah, there is, and there are so many apps where you can. Because obviously, meditation for me has got two branches. It's for me to be able to focus better and to live more present, and then the other half is the neuroplasticity. It's the creating those new neural pathways that are more positive, i.e. Yeah. the ego self that's like 80% of what you're saying to yourself is negative stuff or unhelpful stuff. So it's, it's tipping the balance a bit, isn't it? And it's yeah. cultivating that, that you know, more positive mindset that then will help you every day just feel a bit more grateful about life yeah. and have that growth mindset rather than letting the issues or the challenges get on top of you. So it's like the insight timer or the headspace or with all the self-compassion, the loving kindness, those 
um, meditations that you listen to that are guided are brilliant. You haven't got to sit in silence or even with the plinky plonky music. If you've just got those words coming in, then you're helping to level it out. Yeah. And also I like to say to people sometimes, if you don't really want to look too much into it, you just want to tiptoe and even just the whole, I mean, I do a gratitude journal every night, but what is your favorite part of the day and what you're grateful for today? Even just those two simple questions can do so much good for people. Um, and I've always been like that. And actually it's weird because I've just been thinking as you were talking, when we were in Crete, I remember my very first time, so 20 years ago, lying in the sea and I was floating. There must have been something great in the lots of salt in the water because I was literally floating without having to try. And I remember thinking it's not always going to be this good. It's not always going to be this luxurious and I'm not always going to be this happy. So just take a snapshot, remember it, because if you, I don't want to get to an age where I go, I wish I'd appreciated it more as such. I really want to soak up this moment. And ever since then, ever since 2002, I've always taken little snapshots whenever it is, even if it's just a chilled out Sunday lying on the sofa, but you're in a good place, your belly's full from a roast dinner, just to take those moments to just go, right, let's just be in this moment and let's just embrace it and, and trying to remember them, you know? Gosh, you've always been good at that as well, Martin. Yeah. Being able to have that recognition of, let me just exhale because oh, I never forget once it just popped in my head. I think you lost your entire Apple laptop, <laughs> didn't you? And yes. I've never seen someone deal with that that well. You just went, no one's died, no one's died, and you kept repeating it. But it was that it's having that, uh, like, yeah, that moment of gratitude and perspective. I think yeah. that's it. The recognition of how good life can be. Because we are in a luxury world every day and, and this will happen. We know it will. Adversity does not discriminate. It will come for us all. We've all been through a pandemic. But it is how you deal with those things that you face, isn't it? Yeah. Because we can make the decision to – I said to my son yesterday, I said he had to come to the sh uh, supermarket, Aldi. Oh, my God, why have I got to do this? <laughs> the whole time. Got there. And I was like, look, obviously my nephews are coming to stay half term. I said, you go and get the snacks. No sugary snacks, but you go and get all the snacks. You go and find this. You go and find that. In the way home, you went, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun coming to Aldi. And I said, do you know what, Hods? I said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's such a cheesy saying, but isn't that true? It's, I yeah. said to him, you were looking at that experience, going to the supermarket, like it was going to be hell, like it was going to be boring. But when you suddenly change your perspective on it and went, oh, okay, this could be fun. And you ran around, you changed, you changed it. You changed that experience yeah. just because of your mindset. So you're so right. It is taking those moments because our busy minds and our addiction to dopamine hits on the phone and on the Netflix and everything instant entertainment. And so when you do take that moment to appreciate, like you've always been able to do the simple things and feel lucky and just feel alive in them. Well, it even, is that little snapshot, isn't it? Even losing those, um, the thing that really annoyed me was that I lost, you know, 25,000 photos. But my first instinct, which might be a bit of a protection thing as well, but my first instinct was there's another 25,000 more to be made. Like mm -hmm. I've lost them, but memories are what we go with in the end. Like it's absolutely fine. I'll just make more, yeah. more memories, more photos. And so even though I was gutted, that was also at the forefront of my mind, which is really good. And actually a friend of mine, who's a, a director at an art center 
some some days the way art centers can kick off with shows and people and complaints and she always says she always knows that right now this is happening and i've got to deal with it but in a few hours time i'm going to be at home watching coronation street with a glass of wine flicking through okay magazine <laughs> like, yeah. and it's so true you know yeah. it's just dealing with it in that moment but to know that things get better that it will be fine it's only for this moment in time a few hours time it'll be different or a few days or a few weeks or a few months whatever it is you're going through it, mm. it does change you know and i think that's something that you you know you do have to work hard to learn some people have it within them uh, other people need people like you and me sometimes mm. to just kind of like bring it out of you and, and the more you do it and the more you practice it and the more you think it, mm. it, it 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 ends up sort of solidifying if for a better word you know does does and you're right it's a practice isn't it it's a constant practice and I think whether you've got a mental health diagnosis a mental illness or whether you struggle with mental health or whether you just have your mental health which goes up and down like we know all throughout our lives I think at some point we do need that extra support and we do need those little practices and I think the key really is to you know prevention is better than cure isn't it I think if we have those tools and they're introducing them in schools, they're introducing them in the NHS, they're introducing them in prisons. You know, if we can have the tools that will enable us to become more present, more grateful, um, more patient, more compassionate, they integrate those into teaching. I teach in, a, in two primary schools at the moment with mindfulness and yoga, and we're constantly talking about self-love, you know, what, what am I good at? What do I love about myself? Get these kids to start thinking positively about body image, about their talents, about because as soon as they're on the phones, as soon as they're out there on the internet, it's all that comparison and validation, isn't it? Which yeah. is so harmful. I don't know how I would have coped um, being on social media at 16. My goodness, the insecurities oh. were, were rife enough, let alone having to, you know, compare yourself. And But it's, yeah, I think having those tools on a regular basis, I think where we go wrong sometimes is, oh, I've just, you know, I'm going through grief or I've just lost someone or something's happening or I'm stressed or this is what I need to start doing. But actually you feel so vulnerable and so bogged down by the trauma or the, the challenge or that you don't really have the resilience to get into something new like yeah. journaling or like, whereas if you have it, and I, I think to, to hold myself accountable, I'm very visual. So I have my little post-it notes on my, wing, on my mirror, nice. <laughs> my accountability mirror. Have you meditated? Have you run? Have you walked? Have you taken your vitamins? <laughs> <laughs> Have you done your marketing? Have you done your reading? But and I've got my white my whiteboard as well. But I think having these things on a little diary to say, to, you know, because I can feel it when I don't sit down and count my breaths or do my Wim Hof or go for a run or I can feel it. If I'm lack if I'm slacking, it just takes a few days for me to go. I feel a bit cloudy or I feel a bit low or I feel a bit not motivated enough or my concentration yeah. feels a bit dodgy. And then it's like, oh yeah. So just having those things as part of your life rather than, oh, I, I feel great. I'm never, I'm never low. I've never had depression or my mental health's fine. It's like, yeah, that's great. But you can also try these things as a preventative for when through something, which we inevitably all will, you know, whether we've lost someone close to us or not, you, you're going to at some point without yeah. sounding really, you know. And it's just addressing little things as well. Just giving yourself the opportunity. Even this morning, I actually had a message from someone and I couldn't remember how they messaged me. And I ended up going to text, to WhatsApp, to Facebook Messenger, to email. Um, and it was actually on Telegram, which is the new version of WhatsApp, which is actually better for sending pictures. So that's why I've got it. 
And you just think, I know you go, Oh my God, this is, this is, it's just too much. It's just too much. You just literally wanted to go to your text and that was it. And even businesses are talking to each other through WhatsApp now and it's suffocating and the pressure and it's, you know, we all do it. We go, it's been 30 seconds. Why have they not got back to me? (laughs) I mean, come on. Is there a green tick? Have they ticked it? Have they read it? Have they read it? Are they online? Exactly. Exactly. And it it can send you crazy and it can then, it can feed into this egoic, paranoia and, and doubt and da, da, da. and you're, you're just writing scenarios up in your mind and, and running away with them when they're completely off off what's true and it's yeah it, it's how do these how do the teenagers I mean it's adults as well but I feel like they haven't had as many life experiences so it's difficult for them but how do they have the self-discipline to cut off because I talk to people who are intelligent resilient strong adults going me, you know, I can do a yoga class and halfway through, if I haven't put the phone in the other room, I want to look on Instagram and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, really? And it's, this stuff is real. This stuff is like cocaine. Yeah. It's like heroin. Yeah. And you're constantly getting the ping, 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 ping. It's like someone trying to put it up your nose or it's horrendous. And I think yeah. unless we have these these boundaries, unless we set the discipline for ourselves. I think it's important because also it, like like you say you do need your device you do need these things you need it for work you need it for school and uh, and as we move forward as you say even text messaging now is becoming a social media thing with telegram etc so we do need it but we just have to be very aware of how we use it and how to step away from it as you say because if you even said to me now to go away on a week's holiday and leave my phone at home i mean it, it just wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen because also our cameras are on our phone. So all the photography that I do and I post on my social media, it's all on my phone. Um, mm. So I have to do airplane mode. So if I go out for a ramble and I just want to have a mindful walk, I want to ramble. I want a couple hours away. I put airplane mode on so that no one can disturb me, but I can mm. still do photos. So I think yeah. we do just need to take a step back sometimes and just look at how we can manage it and, and to look after the kids. Cause crikey, it's yeah. like you say, I couldn't, if this was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it would be a minefield, minefield. Yeah. That's it. It's education, isn't it? It really is because, you know, before I started doing all the research and all the work over the last kind of five years with these workshops and stuff, I wasn't aware of the dopamine hit and the dopamine deficit. I mean, you are literally scratching, clucking. It's like a drug. It is like cold turkey if someone leaves their phone at home, you know, on edge, irritable. And any addiction is, 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 will, destroy, will destroy your life. It's like we need this little, I don't know, like a little, a little thing where an app, <laughs> still an app, but an app that just like a little Pac-Man app that when you say, right, from this hour to this hour, I want you to take all my apps in there so yeah. that I can't see them, I can't hear them, I can't see a little light flashing, I don't even have to put Wi-Fi off. or Because if I have to get into a meaty task when I'm working, I have to turn my Wi-Fi off. You know, just to make sure that I'm not tempted to, oh, I wonder what they're going to reply to me after I message them. I cracked my phone a few uh, a few weeks ago and I've never done it before. And I was like, right, I need to go and get it sorted. They took the phone for like 24 hours. And honestly, it was just a lot of things. You let go, that's fine. But we have like ITV hub on the TV and I wanted to watch something from catch up. And it's like, you need, to, we're going to text you the number to then type into your phone and then it can access on the telly. Oh, yes, like, ev- yeah, everything is connected. And like you say, I love the idea of a little Pac-Man that can kind of go, 
everything that's connected is now going to disconnect so if you're going to itv hub and you need a code then it will come to you in a different way maybe a little pigeon will fly a little bit of paper to you or something wouldn't that be so much nicer sometimes honestly it would we have to just be aware of how it makes us feel and how it makes us act and then we have to just try and work around that that's all we can do nowadays isn't it because Mm. you know we can't throw our phones away we can't do that so it's just a case of making it work for us and making sure that it that it that that we protect ourselves i think yeah that's it i mean it's like i need to feed myself mentally i need to feed feed myself soulfully spiritually and physically and as long as like you're doing those things then it helps you balance everything else yeah you know we, we can get these addictions into stuff and if we're psychologically feeling low that's when we're more likely to get addicted to stuff so it's like if i keep myself strong mentally physically then you know what i'm going to be able to have resilience when it comes to that i'm going to have self-discipline when it comes to that it's like anything isn't it it's like which is why mindfulness is so great because if you are that sort of person that sends a message and then you're looking for the ticks to see if they've read it and why haven't they replied then that says a, a lot about other things that are going on so that's why things like mindfulness and meditation and everything that you teach um and that i teach that's what helps people to go, I've sent a message and then forget about it. You know, it's hard, but it, you, it's doable. Mm. It's like a new little voice, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than the paranoia voice and the fear and the doubt and the rage mm. and the anger, which can take over more than the, the lovely feelings. Yeah. Because um, we're more addicted to those ones, aren't we? Rather than the feelings of peace and oneness and tranquility. Yeah. Um, then we have to top it up. And we, that's why the mindfulness voice comes in. Yeah. It, honestly, it kicks in all the time. You're yeah. feeling a bit para right now because you didn't get much sleep last night, Hannah. Or yeah. because you know what? You're going you're gonna to come on your period tomorrow. So just recognise a bit of patience with yourself. Give yourself Absolutely. a bit of compassion. Leave the phone in the bedroom in your place for your phone. It's good to have a little place for your phone so you can walk away from it and not carry it room to room. Mm. And then you get clarity. And then you get more balance. I used to, oh, I mean, you know, you knew me from many, many years ago, but I, I could never find my emotional balance with things going on with people with conflict and it affected relationships it affected friendships and it it affects your your stress levels and your physical health your mental health and mindfulness really is that tool it really is that tool and that little voice that kicks in that says hang on a minute can we just appreciate what's going on right now stop honing in on all the stuff that's not good and don't it give yourself a hard time either. But yeah. the whole negative thoughts, are, you know, are like Velcro and positive thoughts are like yeah. Teflon. And we can't help that. That's how we're sort of made up. That's how it's worked for centuries. But we yeah. just have to work out how to make that work for us and to be aware of that and yeah. to know that we are just built for negative thoughts to go, bam, here we go. And, and there's science. Science has proven uh I can't quote anything now, but there are so many scientific papers written about the way that we process negative thoughts against positive. The positive just drip by. 100%. It's the brain gives all these resources, doesn't it, to the negative stuff, all because it's all survival mode. Yeah. I love Ruby Wax, Ruby Wax's book. Um, yes. Uh, what is it? A, a same, Un- same unfast- world. Same oh, yeah. world, I think it was. And she says the brain doesn't give a about, no, sorry. The brain is designed to keep you alive. It doesn't give a about your happiness. And that's so true. If we didn't notice all the negative stuff first, back in the caveman days, we would have been looking up at the butterfly and eating and we wouldn't be here now. We yeah. had to have a fight or flight response, didn't we? To yeah. know that we've got to run. And, we've got to, and that, we're still getting those responses now, but Absolutely. just in a different way. And it's not 
survival mode or yeah i guess it's arguable over the last yeah. pandemic but you know we're not in that day-to-day survival but we're still having that stress response that yeah if we don't complete that cycle is going to impact inflammation in the body too much cortisol and like you say there is so much science and research i think it's a case of being aware and self-compassion and looking after yourself and knowing that that's okay and that's allowed I always say people think it's quite narcissistic if you think too much about self-care, but no, it starts with you. It has to. That's that's the way forward. And if people want to come to Love Day Wellbeing or they want to come to upgrade your day, we're here to help, right? Oh, absolutely. I have loved chatting to you today, <laughs> Hannah. It makes me chuckle. Oh. It makes me chuckle. But I love you to bits and you are a really dear friend. And I just love that our journey together is just mm-hmm. plowing on as we are doing what we do, believing, believe in our truth, cracking on with it. That's all we can do, right? Absolutely. And I cannot wait to be sitting in the sunshine because it will be sunny end of june glastonbury oh bring on glastonbury and also people know that i do a 7am live so on my facebook page every morning at 7am i'm out walking and i do a live video and we do a little three minute meditation every day and i am going to be at glastonbury because my time of of being out late at night is long gone so 7am every morning i am going to be live from glastonbury to do our little meditation how cool is that going to be probably be walking back from the clubs (laughs) (laughs) you'll be hanging off a podium somewhere (laughs) honestly it's been three years since the last one hasn't it i know gosh but if my dad can do it and he's 72 wow well, there's no time in Glastonbury, is there? Like, it can be five yeah. in the morning and it feels like three in the afternoon. That's what's so special about it. And I think people deserve to have some fun, you know. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's all day, all night, but you, you do get your sleep, don't you? I yeah. always cry, get my yeah. sleep, and you wake up and you just think, a whole nother day of this, amazing. Yeah, I just, I love you to bits and love joy well. Love joy? Love Day Wellbeing is going to go from strength to strength, my darling. Thank you so much. And you, absolutely. Right back at you. Love you. Oh, that's the lovely Hannah from Love Day Wellbeing. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. She is such a dear friend of mine and I cannot wait to share a cider with her at Glastonbury. And I know on the Tuesday, because we were lucky to get into Glastonbury a few days earlier than the punters, And I know on the Tuesday, we will be at the Stone Circle and I'm going to see if she'll do a little meditation together for the summer solstice, because I think that would be amazing. A little 7am meditation. I mean, (laughs) 20 years ago at 7am, we would have been crawling back from a Greek nightclub. How things change, how things change. But listen, that's life. It's a journey. Um, You can subscribe and listen to this from wherever you get your podcasts. And if you wish, if you want to, please leave me a lovely positive review and maybe a few stars. I would really appreciate that, but it's completely up to you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you soon. Have a great day.